Welcome back to Real Presence Live with Jack and Dreen Canelli as your hosts. And before we get uh, to our inspirational and uplifting programming, we're going to have Dreen do an inspirational and uplifting riddle. Okay. Okay. <laughs> These are the the theme is back to back to school, and I have a few. Jack, why did the M M&M and M want to go to school? So he could learn more of the alphabet? No. Because he really wanted to be a smarty. Oh, okay. I don't even Get know it's smarty. They're beyond my time. They're <laughs> After my time. Yes. Okay, where do kids in New York learn multiplication tables? Uh, New York multiplication tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids in New York. Um, mm-hmm. There must be the name of a town. I don't know. Times Square. square. Oh, boy. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Are you kicking yourself? Okay. 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 Uh, Cue up another one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of nasty. What do you do if a teacher rolls her eyes at you? This is kind of nasty. Well. <laughs> I'm thinking this is Catholic radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do if a teacher rolls her eyes at you? Um, I don't know. You pick them up and roll them back. Oh, please. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Okay. What do you do if you don't have your homework? Mike Olson had this down to a side. He called it his futile search routine. Oh. <laughs> you open up your desk and you start that. shuffling through the papers like, I got it in here somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> I think reality. it works for him once, maybe twice. Yeah. I'm sure. Okay. What did the paper say to the pencil? Um, you're right. Close. Right on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like my answer better. I like your better. You're okay. Better well, we're still um, we're waiting for our our, our our next guest was coming up shortly, but uh, maybe I don't know. Do you suppose we could spend some more time telling another riddle, or do you want to impart some wisdom to our listeners? <laughs> I think I'm better at riddles. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're better at part- imparting wisdom. Oh, how did the music teacher? Okay, here we go. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Father, welcome to Real Presence Live. Well, thank you yes. for having me. You, you know, you're no stranger to me. I had you when I was in the master's program at Holy Apostles, and you taught the course uh, Philosophy for Theologians. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's an important course. You wouldn't be expected <laughs> to remember me, but thank you. I passed the class. <laughs> well, that's good. That's very important. Yeah, my name is Jack Canelli. I guess I didn't. We didn't introduce ourselves, and my wife Doreen is uh, is also the host for today. Good morning, Father. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. So. Good morning. How are you? Very yeah. well. How are you? Yeah, we're we're here to talk. Uh, well, I, I strangely I can't I got confused on the time. So of course I was at prayers at eight o'clock in the morning in Oregon. Uh, right oh. now, but oh. then I just finished. Thank thankfully. So I'm ready. <laughs> I don't think you're as thankful as we are <laughs> that you're on this. We yeah. don't have to fill the, the we, half hour. We're stretching it pretty thin there, but you got on in time. But uh, we're happy to have you with us. So, uh, again, for our listeners, we're talking to Father Brian Mullady, and, Mullady, and we'll be, 
he's talk, going to talk about his book, The Roots of Christian Civilization. And Father, we, we'll just let you introduce yourself and kind of get into uh, the book, and we'll interject a few questions once in a while. Okay, well, the book is an attempt to give a kind of complete Christian social justice uh, course. And uh, it has to do with, first of all, identifying why we need society and human nature, because many people think we don't. We can do it alone. Also, what the origin of society is as a result, and its origin is basically by nature, not just by law. And then finally, how this founds the nature of authority the relationship of authority to conscience, which, as you know, is an extremely important topic today. And then the so-called doctrine of right, what the foundations of our rights are, and what kind of rights we have. And then finally, how justice relates to charity. And by tradition in Catholicism, there are ten points of the social order, all of which must be observed in order for human nature to be perfected, or using the title of the book, for our Christian civilization to occur. And then, in the book, I apply this to marriage, to family and education, and to uh, the theology of work. And then I distinguish three basic human societies to which we're all called when we're born. And But, of course, one is, doesn't depend on us, and that's the Church. So we have the family, the church, and the state. And, of course, the state today would like to usurp, as we see, for example, in the sex education and all that, everything which by tradition belongs to the family, because they don't want families. They, they think the state educates people, and as a result, families are superfluous. And it's one of the things that's led to both of the sexual problem of whether we have a sex or not by nature, and then also to the whole issue of the relationship of, um, you know, uh, family to the state. So that's an attempt to give a complete explanation of that. Well, it, it sounds to me like a lot of what you're saying, if I understand it right, the, the, uh, a, a lot of our social order and social justice and all that has is basically kind of comes to a great extent out of just the natural law. And when you think in terms of, you know, like you mentioned, the way the direction our, the, the state is going in this case, um, it's almost like they're kind of going contrary to even natural, natural law. Well, they don't admit there is a nature. There's no such things as real universal things anymore. So I sense that we don't have a common nature. Uh, why talk about a, a law that reflects it? Instead, we determine the whole truth about everything. We don't have any kind of outside source on which to judge our desires and our needs. And instead, we... Uh, Make it all democratic. C.S. Lewis said it in um, a thing he wrote called Screwtape Proposes the Toast. 
that the word by which people have to be led through the nose in destroying human nature today is democracy. He said, because we don't give that just the name of a government, system of government, which it certainly is, but we want to make it a system of being. <laughs> so, that, you know, absolutely everything. There's, there's no particular, um, well, what would you call it? There's no particular being that's any better or worse than any other particular being. And in fact, we don't even know if there is such a thing as a nature of a being. And you can see this by the fact that I remember a Princeton University professor of math told me that education had become so bad in Princeton that they were voting on the answer to math problems. <laughs> democratically <laughs> and, and, and and so my comment was gee i sure hope i'm not gonna have to cross the first bridge that was built by democratized math <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. uh, i don't think it's gonna stay up so yeah mm-hmm. father how did it happen this might be an impossible question to answer or maybe you already answered it and i didn't understand it as the answer but how did it happen that we you know as as a human society allowed the state to usurp that authority given to the family? Or it's, it's very much like the whole thing in Rome of bread and circuses. You know, the state promised us that they would support us, you know, basically materially, so we didn't have to worry about that. And as soon as you hand over the power of the purse to the state... Mm then they do what they want with it because he takes the king's shilling, does the king's duty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since they developed the whole theory where they didn't have to worry at all about uh, objectivity, I guess is the best way to put it, um, they just did what they wanted. And unfortunately, the church sort of went along with that. It all began with the Monte Vitae because... We wanted the money, too. Uh, people like Notre Dame University, and they wanted the money, you know, from Rockefeller Foundation. But if they taught the money vitae, they couldn't get it. Interesting. So they changed. They already began to change in 62, and they said the one thing they had to do was get rid of contraception as being um, evil. Now, you know, contraception originally came from the French Revolution times with Dr. Malthus. So it's a long and old-standing idea. And he was a very benign Anglican clergyman who just wanted to feed the world. He thought we were, you know, depopulating. But he wanted to, uh, instead practice limiting families and that was in gosh 1800 so it dates from the french revolution and the napoleonic wars just another one of those wonderful things huh that came out of the uh, the french revolution but father we're that's com- right we're, we're coming up on a break here but we will be back in about two minutes and uh, we're listening to, we're talking with Father Brian Mullady about uh, The Roots of Christian Civilization, which is a book that he has written. And uh, we will be back after the break, so stay with us. Live, engaging, and local. 
This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. If you are experiencing depression, anxiety, or suffering, especially from grieving, how can you find healing? I'm Father Chris Alar. While you should first seek professional help when needed, there is a roadmap that can help you to live your life again, and it is called the Spiritual Principles of Divine Mercy. First, come to admit that you are powerless over the loss of your loved one. Second, come to trust that Jesus can restore your life to manageability. And third, make the decision to entrust your will, your life, and your loved one to the loving care and protection of God. Join us and learn more about how to apply these healing principles in your life. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Let us run to Mary and as her little children cast ourselves in their arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary, Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Okay, we're back again, Real Presence Live listeners, with Jack and Doreen Kennelly as your hosts today. We're talking with Father Brian Mullady about his book, The Roots of Christian Civilization. And before the break, Father, you were kind of talking about, um, you know, where the, the the modern world has gone wrong in, in the view of government, I think you mentioned that uh, uh, democracy has really it's not even a form of government; it's more a, a way of being. And uh, I, I'd like to know, how, you know, maybe have you talk a little bit about how can we correct this path or this trajectory? Well, uh, if we could just return to realizing what all these things were about in their own frame of reference, for example. Part of the problem was caused by the theory of relativity, which was discovered in the 1920s by Einstein. But Einstein, to his horror, found out that it wasn't looked upon just as a physical theory. It became a, a philosophy of life to all kinds of people. And uh, it's interesting that when the atomic bomb was dropped, he was so depressed about it all where he's seen his little equation e equals mc squared used in such a way that he supposedly said, when it comes down to it, I wish I just had made a simple watchmaker. Oh, <laughs> My yeah. Whole life. yeah, yeah. He, 
He was horrified by the relativity of all things. And, of course, it all began in World War I, where there were no more rules of warfare, no more non-combatants, no more. Everybody just did what they wanted, basically. And if you could get away with it, you could get away with it. And after the, the war, the attempt to reconstruct Europe began to turn very much on uh, also a kind of relativistic view of the world. Now, I'm not saying that the former philosophy was any better, but still, at least it recognized that there were, you know, um, objective things in society which had to be respected. Father, could you say something about what you mean by relativistic? Well, remember, E equals MC squared demonstrated that Newtonian physics, where the people, the nature had these absolutely fixed laws that yep. never varied, weren't true. Oh. Uh, that there was some modification in nature. So all of a sudden, then people began to apply that, not just the physical nature, but to moral, the moral universe. Mm -hmm. And it started with, again, World War I, but it slowly made its way through. So, that, you know, you went to Auschwitz, you saw what the result was mm -hmm. of Hitler. And yet I, I said to someone, you know, when I look at the way the world is now, I wonder if Hitler didn't win. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> because all the theories of racial... Uh, of course, he gave it a racial face, but mm -hmm. I mean, all the theories of um, eugenics and all those things, like Margaret Sanger embraced, and all those people, those were all things the Nazis embraced, too. And we found it horrible when it came to being applied racially, but for some strange reason, applying it just generally, people don't have any problem with for some reason. It's very weird stuff. Yeah. Your and then, of course, it ended. And then, yeah, my truth is my okay. truth, and your, your truth. truth is your truth, right? And it entered the church through the problem of contraception, mm -hmm. and a bunch of the bishops or priests wanted that change, and they were they felt betrayed by Paul VI when he refused to change it because he followed the minority report of that uh, meeting they had in '67 or '68. And one of the people involved in that was a woman named Dr. Tarua, who was the psychiatrist in Holland. And they believed, they pleaded with Paul VI not to change the teaching because they believed that contraception was not only immoral, but it also caused emotional illness. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, and, you know, Paul VI, as you remember, warned if we approve this, Eventually, it'll be gay marriage and won't be any restraints. And everybody laughed at him in 1968. Well, <laughs> and that, that whole history played out. And yeah, here it, we it, are. It's interesting if you, if you read the encyclical, how prophetic it was. Yeah, and, yeah. and I guess still is. Truth. Yeah. I, I, well, except that some people want to go back to the other now. So. I mean, to yeah. me, to me, uh, that encyclical, I think, you know, and knowing some of the background on it just 
you know, it, it reinforces to me that the Holy Spirit does in, indeed guide the church, that they, they got past that because the pressure on him was so great, and, and he stood up against it. And, of course, he paid a price. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah that's true. That's true. And uh, the whole, uh, it actually was the litmus test for years about whether a person had Catholic moral theology or not, because once you breach the dike on that, which is where you basically separate children from uh, marriage, mm-hmm. then anything goes sexually. If anything goes sexually, eventually anything goes with killing people or or money or whatever. I mean, there aren't any values anymore, like I say. There's no separate standard on which to judge um, uh, our conduct. It's all on what works. Right. That was it. What, what works. Yeah. Father, we know well what that looks like, feels like, sounds like in the world where we're sure. living today. But could you could you speak a little bit about what a Christian society should look like? Well, I, I don't think you can describe it. What mm. you can say is that there could be any that there cannot be any laws in it that contradict the natural law. Oh that if you contradict the natural law, or you don't, you might you might disagree on it, but you have to admit that it's there, you know. And uh, there's plenty of disagreements in politics about what society should look like. But if you think there's a further standard than your own political expediency, which a lot of people don't seem to think is true today, then, you know, I mean... It's all up for grabs again. Hmm. You're talking about how the breakdown of society seems to, uh, you know, uh, be into it come from a, you know, conflicting with natural, natural law, law or denying natural mm-hmm. law. And if I'm not, if I'm correct, it sounds like your book is an uh, is a, a, an effort to kind of identify how the natural law is at the roots of our Christian civilization and thereby, you know, kind of, I guess maybe that would be a good indication of, uh, or, or give a good idea of what a Christian society should look like, or at least how it should well, be guided. It's definitely, you know, well, it's definitely a part of it. Remember, when it comes to means, um, there's all kinds of disagreement by some people about what constitutes natural means and things like that. And then people don't understand certain, okay, we have a freedom of religion, but even 